0: Hey everyone, welcome to the 6th episode of Committed Critics, a pop culture podcast where we're not just committed to our opinions, but also each other. Aww. Aww. My name's Kevin Lau. And I'm Ryan Davis. And today we are going to talk about something that most pop culture podcasts don't really talk about, and that is literature.
1: <gasps> uh, Gasp. Who reads anymore these days? What is this? I know. 1890? And everything is just fed into my brain now through a screen. Exactly. No one has to read unless it's social media.
0: So, Ryan, we're going to talk about, start off talking about our individual uh, books that we've been reading in the past few weeks, maybe in the past month, because I missed out on an episode as well. Yeah. Uh, what have you been reading lately?
1: Uh, well, I finished Doomsday Clock. Uh, it's the DC Watchmen crossover event that kind of, you know blew everything up it was okay i won't give it a big thumbs up or big thumbs down but it was okay um i just started reading the second book to the mistborn series uh which we're going to also talk about a little bit later on in this show Mm -hmm. but yeah that's pretty much it everything else has been pretty much just straight comics Uh, i'm reading flash i'm reading justice league and i'm reading the, uh, the deceased. They just released the neck the spinoff where it deals with like some of the villains when right. how they dealt with, you know, the zombie apocalypse and the DC universe. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's pretty mm-hmm. much
0: it. Nice. Uh, we will be talking about Doomsday Clock next episode. I am current. I just finished a second at issue not too long ago. Um, I will try to plow through it and have it ready, but have it done by the next episode so we can go spoiler talk in front of Zach.
1: <laughs> cool, cool.
0: And then maybe we can like compare it to the Watchmen show too, because the, because basically yeah. like basically that timeline splits, right? Like
1: yeah, basically because Watchmen deals with it. They're both sequels to the original Watchmen comic, but one kind of splits off and merges with the DC universe, and then one kind of maintains its own universe. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to see how they do it. Cause it's like, uh, I know with the Watchmen uh, show, uh, and also it was kind of a joke in the comics. I believe it was uh Robert Redford becomes president. Mm-hmm. uh And that's one of the, that's one of the things in doomsday clock that they also have in the watchman show. So things like that do overlap, but then they also split apart. Right. So I thought it was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. So I haven't seen any of the, what the HBO show, but, um, I say so yeah, about two issues so far into doomsday clock. I have to say like the first issue was kind of rough, but the second yeah. issue is kind of interesting. Um, it, it,
1: it has that
0: yeah yeah uh, first impressions I'm like, okay, I'm interested to see where it's going. It's not uh, the, the statement it make it makes at the time of its release probably wasn't that interesting as it is now. and mm-hmm. but that's something like we will talk about in the next episode. That's a whole conversation.
1: Yeah, that is, it really is. As for
0: me, I recently so during this pandemic, I've been staying with my family. And I've been reading one of my brother's uh, books every now and then. So we just finished the Alcatraz versus the evil librarian series by Brandon Sanderson, uh, who also wrote the Mistborn series. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's fantastic. I got to say for a middle grade uh, fantasy, it's so Brandon Sanderson usually writes epic fantasy for adults. And so they're usually pretty serious, you know, like right. it's a serious world. If there's going to be any jokes, it's going to be like th- through the characters. Um mm. Alcatraz versus the evil librarians. Nothing is taken seriously except for the character arcs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but so, like, when the character arcs, the those beats for the character arcs hit, they hit hard. Uh, and they're they're and the and it's, the way Brandon writes it is so well done. Um, because it's like the whole world is so wacky. It's funny. Uh, for those of you who don't know, the magic system is where, uh, and well, the story is about this kid who breaks things on accident but then he discovers that his the ability to break things like that is actually his superpower. And so he finds like the rest of his family and that also has similar powers like his grandfather is always late to everything. Um, one of his cousins trips at random moments. Uh, another one of his cousins just really bad at math. but these,
1: these sound like very useful but also inconvenient powers. Right exactly
0: but the thing is so the guy his grandfather that's always late to everything, uh, he arrives when he's in a fight. He arrives late to his own death. So when oh. someone tries to shoot him, they shoot where he's going to be in like two seconds later than what he actually is. <laughs> yeah, two seconds earlier. I mean, so he right he arrives two seconds late to where the bullet hits.
1: Okay, that's pretty
0: good. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the uh, the cousin who's really bad at math, mm-hmm. basically like you know when sh- when she adds something up, she's like. Oh, like say there's only two items of, of one thing something in the area, and she's like, oh, but my math says that there's four things, and then fourth, and suddenly now there's four things of four of that thing, which is kind of <laughs> op. <laughs> uh, <What? laughs> it's really crazy, but um, uh, but yeah, but basically it's about this kid, just Alcatraz Smedry, uh, thirteen years old, accidentally becoming like a hero of the world, uh, and then he's writing these books, these autobiographies. To show everyone, it's like, look, like you think of me as the hero of the world, but I actually ruined everything. I am not a good person. That is why I'm writing these autobiographies to show you that, even though you think I'm a hero, I am actually one of the worst people you will ever meet. And like, in that kind of pays off in the last book, where like it's the sec- It's the last book is basically the adventure that the world doesn't know about that he's revealing to the to the whole world hey. of what he did, and it's just dude it's
1: great i I wanted
0: i want to talk spoilers about it but i can't
1: (laughs) fun fact i did read the first i read some of the first book back in like i think it was middle school or high school but Mm -hmm. i never finished it because at that time i also started reading the aragon series which i Mm -hmm. also didn't i only finished the first book of that and then i watched the movie and i put down everything you mean it's just a new hope
0: uh but with dragons
1: yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's <laughs> literally what it is. I was kind of like, "Yeah, this is okay. I mean, it wasn't the greatest thing. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I stopped reading Alcatraz and I just never went back to it. I never finished the series. And I feel I'm bad gonna, about that.
0: I'm going to tell you right now. Uh, right now is the best time to start reading the series. Because next year there was a surprise coming.
1: Oh, snap. Okay. Uh, So, what would you rate the series then? Like, uh, overall?
0: Uh, Overall, so... The books one, two, and four, I give a four out of five. Books three and five, I give a five out of five.
1: Okay. Oh. All yeah. Right. So
0: it's like it's around like a four and a half out of five in total, somewhere around there. It's you know it's I I wouldn't call it a must read series because it has a lot of uh it plays a lot with the functions and forms of creative writing, that pe- a lot of people don't usually like. Where mm-hmm. it like it, it breaks the fourth wall and interacts with the reader. If you read just for escapism, probably not the best choice for me personally I love how it engages the reader uh, and become to become part of the story essentially and okay. uh, I recommend reading it in either ebook or physical form. The audiobook does not do it justice. There's a I lot don't... of there's a lot of jokes and like secrets in the books in the in the text that you just will totally miss in the audiobooks.
1: I prefer reading physical books anyway, and I I, I barely read ebooks. Mostly right. you know, anything I read ebooks is comics. Mm-hmm.
0: But another book, um, a book I'm currently reading right now, I'm halfway done with it, is Magnus Chase, book two, Hammer of Thor. Um, uh, I don't like it. Uh, yeah. I'm only reading it because my sister wants me to read it, and that's it.
1: I'll say the man, I'm a huge fan of the Percy Jackson series. I've read everything except The Trials of Apollo because every single person who's told me about it has said is dirt garbage, including it, you.
0: It, it is garbage. <laughs> I it is one hundred percent straight garbage.
1: Yeah, so I never bother to read it. I have the first book you gave me the first book because you didn't want it anymore. <laughs>
0: I was about to say like I wonder where my first <laughs> book went, and I remember it was like now that you mentioned it, it's like yeah, I did give it to Ryan.
1: Yeah, and I, I it's been sitting on my shelf, and I'm looking at it like, do I really want to read this? And I'm like, I don't know if I want to put myself through that pain because everyone has just said every single one of my Percy Jackson friend fan uh friends who are been fans of it since like middle school Mm -hmm. have all said this was dirt garbage and as someone who just recently finished reading the percy jackson series i think back in like may yeah it was back in may Mm -hmm. uh i was kind of like i don't want to put myself through that pain right so yeah Yeah.
0: eventually i will get uh, trials of apollo through the library and just kind of skim through it because they're really short too yeah um but yeah, it's just like ah. Eh, but anyway, it'd be only just to see like how does the universe continue, not so mm-hmm. much as like I like the characters or anything.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: I know. I know one of the main characters, a main character dies in book three. Apparently.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I I know who it is, and yeah. it pissed me off.
0: Yeah, because like knowing how Trials of Apollo is also written, I'm like, I don't think that character got the death they deserved.
1: Yeah, I don't think so either. Because like, I mean, he's a huge character in the Heroes of Olympus series. And mm-hmm. the from what I hear, like his death isn't even like, it, it's not even justice.
0: Oh, that's unfortunate.
1: Yeah. So I'm like, I'm not yeah. going to bother with it.
0: But as for Magnus Chase, like, so the first book, Sword of Summer, was mm-hmm. kind of, it starts like, so it starts off really good. The first few chapters are really interesting because it's like, what if Percy Jackson was a jerk and swore and didn't care about people? Yeah. But then like you get to the point where it starts blending in Norse mythology with the real world. And mm-hmm. that's when the book stops being good.
1: Yeah. I'll, I'll say I, I enjoy, I, I made a description of how I felt about each book. I was like, Percy Jackson was kind of like, you took the Greek gods and made sense. They weren't exactly chaotic, but it mm-hmm. was kind of order to it. Like it had a sense of like order and style. and You knew how the world worked. You got to mm-hmm. the Egyptian series and they added more magic to it. Uh, the King Chronicles, they added more magic to it. Uh, it was less about working uh, alongside the Greek gods. And like, you know, the characters can be possessed by them, use their powers, everything like that. So they're not the children of the Egyptian gods. They're more of uh, the vessels for them. Mm-hmm. And then you get to Magnus Chase... And it's just pure chaos. Like it, it just. I mean, I lost. I started busting out laughing as soon as I heard there's a giant squirrel in the tree that will kill you if you try to climb the world tree. Right,
0: and it just keeps uh, saying insults. But like, yeah, yeah. like the the world of like Magnus Chase is pure chaos because like the way so. He, so Magnus Chase is a series about Norse, Norse mythology. The Magnus Chase, the main character, discovers he's the son of Frey, the god of peace and tranquility, something like that. Mm-hmm. It's not important, <laughs> yeah. so, unfortunately. But basically, like, you know, he dies. Magnus Chase dies. And then he Which gets is <laughs> re early in the book.
1: <laughs> I mean, it's something you don't expect from given how the other series went.
0: Definitely. Uh, but then, like you know, but then he dies in a quote-unquote heroic manner, uh, and then gets picked up by a Valkyrie to become a, a member of the Hotel Valhalla. Uh, to where he will be trained, be tr- living his days out post death, training for Ragnarok. But then he also has to go and go through the go to the real uh, real world a couple times to save the world for something. Yay! Uh, and if they he, die in the Magnus- real world,
1: he dies again. If yeah, it doesn't come back.
0: <laughs> yep. But uh this makes it sound like that Magnus Chase would make choices, but he doesn't. Uh <laughs> he is a very passive protagonist. Especially even like that time where he does like the the, the moment for his death where he's like I'm where he dies heroically. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make actively make that choice. Cause he literally says in the narration is like, I don't know what came over me. But I started walking forward and I was like, Oh okay. Why? <laughs>
1: because his main character got a main character <laughs> uh,
0: he has the main character but also like the way the match it works is like so as long as you die a heroic death you get picked up by Valkyrie and then you take him to Hotel Valhalla so what my thinking it was my whole time reading my, Magnus Chase Sword of Summer it was like so are any other like uh, half-bloods in here or demigods like are we going to see other char- the characters some characters that died in like the
1: other Percy Jackson books at That's all? what, I guess, because the they try no. to, <laughs> yeah, you don't, they try to explain it as like each world has their own different, uh, kind of afterlife or whatever. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we've seen three different afterlives now because we have Hotel Valhalla, mm-hmm. we've seen the underworld from the Percy Jackson series and we've seen, I can't remember what they call it in the Egyptian series, but basically like the realm of Osiris and Anubis, mm-hmm. uh, basically like where all the land of the dead is. So, we've seen it mm-hmm. there. It's just... Yeah, it's like... Okay, so, they're technically... They died heroically, but they don't get to go to Hotel Valhalla, I guess, because they're not related to well, there, the Norse people. Well,
0: there are characters in the Hotel Valhalla that are not related to the Norse gods.
1: Yeah, that's what I mean. Like it, I guess if you have Greek deity blood, if you're technically a demigod, I guess... Because the, as they explain it in Percy Jackson... Greek gods uh, technically don't have uh, DNA. Mm-hmm. So I guess in a way, they're only having one person's DNA. So maybe that's it. I don't know what the rules are. <laughs> and Rick, we, let's call him Rick Riordan. How do you explain this? Uh, his answer will probably, uh, good question. Uh, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> uh, yeah, because probably, it kind of seems
0: like... It.
1: <laughs> I mean, it, was, it was made for uh, middle schoolers at the time and now... You know, everyone who was in middle school is now an adult and still reading these, and they're like, wait a minute. <laughs> right. Well, it's just
0: like, it doesn't age with the audience at all. Uh, yeah. He, he, they... Like, you know, he bumps it up a little bit with Heroes of Olympus to, like, 15-year-olds. Then he kind of just stays there. Uh yeah. And then Charles of Hollow, goes backwards.
1: Yeah. Because, like, the the beauty I liked about reading the Percy Jackson series was that Percy aged as the books went along. Because mm-hmm. the whole thing was about him reaching 16. So you see him start at 12 and you see as he like develops in each book and he becomes more of a hero and he t- like, I love reading that fifth book because that's when you see him like they all, there's one moment where it's like, they all look at him. And it's like, yeah, you're the leader here. Like, mm-hmm. and they, they've accepted him as a leader, even though, okay, why is Percy the leader? Just because he's been on a couple different quests. It's like, yeah, it's pretty much it. Right. Yeah. So I've
0: started reading the lightning Thief to my brother. Uh, mm-hmm. after we finished Alcatraz series. So we're about four chapters in right yeah. now, uh, where he just entered Camp Half-Blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's... So, re- re- reading it now, this is my third time reading it. Last time I read it was, like, a few years ago. Lightning feels like an odd entry it, compared to the, everything that follows after it. Because if you're expecting something serious, it's kind of on the comedy side. But if you're yeah. expecting a comedy, it's more on the serious side. It's a weird, like middle middle ground in the tone it blends them yeah but then like as the series goes on it gets more into comedy except for like obviously the darker moments mm-hmm. where it starts the press like' it's like this gets really serious now uh, but it's like you said where like the world makes sense like there is order to the world mm-hmm. uh and it's like it really the most like obviously the world has comedic moments where it, where it blends in with our current uh, modern day pop culture mm-hmm. but also but most of the humor comes from the characters.
1: Yeah, which I like because it's like moments where it's like Percy just like, he's facing this monster and he just starts screaming his head off. Or mm-hmm. if it's like, I remember one of my favorite moments is when he's describing the difference between a dragon and a draken. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, a dragon has wings, a draken doesn't, but a draken can turn you to stone. But not like the Medusa kind of stone, the kind of, oh my god, the snake is about to jump, bite my head off kind of stone. <laughs> and I'm like... yeah. That's a good, like, that's a funny joke. Like, that explains the world well, while also making it kind of funny, because it's like, if you saw that in real life, yeah, you'd freak You'd freak out. Mm-hmm.
0: And then also with, like, the Percy Jackson series, like, the way the characters are written, it's like, you know, it, it is a great, it, it engages the reader, because Percy refers to the reader often. hmm But also, it's like, you know, it's like, it, it's a nice form of escapism for middle schoolers. To so you'd be like... You know, you're going on adventures with your friends kind of escapism. Yeah. But going back to Magnus Chase, so like, you know, like I said, like it starts off interesting where it's like, what if Percy Jackson was a jerk that didn't care Mm. about anyone? And then he becomes, he finds out he's a son of the God of Peace. So what if, so basically it sets up an idea like, oh, what if this jerk that didn't care, doesn't care about anyone and wants to start fights has to become, learn to be fulfill the role of a peacekeeper.
1: And in the, in a world where most of their entire culture is based around war and exactly. conflict, exactly.
0: But you know, halfway through book two of a three book series, he like like he quick Magnus Chase, Chase. It is quickly revealed that like oh, Magnus Chase isn't angry. He doesn't hate people. He's just a sad boy. That when his mom goes killed by wolves and now he hates wolves, by the way, did we mention wolves? We're going to keep mentioning it every five pages. (laughs) So, but basically like he doesn't make any active choices. He's not really put into the role of a peacekeeper. He still has to fight a lot. He's just bad at fighting. Um, He has a magic sword that does things for him. I like the sword is one of the best characters.
1: So the sword is one of the best characters, but I also hate that it literally does do everything for him. Right. like he, he throws. He's like, "Hey, do this," and it's like, "Oh, yeah." The only thing you will have to worry about is when you grab me again, you'll be tired. And I'm like, "That's that's it." Like, yeah,
0: he, like Magnus Chase is so uninteresting because he does has no dramatic conflict going on either. He doesn't it, change
1: at all. He just kind of stays the same. I'll. This is slightly spoilers, but like getting to the last book, I will say. In terms of like finality, like the final conflict,
0: mm-hmm. it doesn't
1: feel as epic. Like I'll say, like okay, Percy Jackson the first series, that entire conflict, that entire war at the end is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's having to fight throughout all of New York, each different wave of enemy come in, you see different monsters. It's great. You even has callbacks to the first book when the Minotaur shows up and Percy has to face him again. Right. Um, it's,
0: it's a nice slow burn that not only has Percy reflect on, on his previous entries, uh, on previous adventures, but also like forces him to change to achieve his goal.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, it's interesting because like, you know, at the very end, uh, slight spoilers for anyone who hasn't read the books, but if you haven't at this point, I pity you. Uh, <laughs> right. They, they, re- they reveal at the end, like Percy is not the hero. He's not mm-hmm. the supposed to be the hero of the story. And it's revealed who the real hero is. And it's like, I like that twist. It was like, yeah, it's like you always... You, we've been following Percy this entire time. but He's not the one meant to save the world. In mm-hmm. fact, if he takes action, he could actually be the one to destroy it. And I was like, that's an interesting twist. The Kane Chronicles, still a great finale. I was held on the entire way. Heroes of Olympus, I will say kind of dipped down after the fourth book because yeah. the fifth
0: book of heroes Olympus was kind of like, you can tell that's when we started clocking out.
1: <laughs> yeah. It was like the fourth book f- was phenomenal. Cause he, I mean, Percy and Annabeth having to suffer and was literally hell. I'm like, but it was the, really good. <laughs> yeah. And then the fifth book was kind of like anticlimactic and I was like, Oh, well that was cool. Uh, well, but, at least it's over. But then you get to Magnus chase and I was like, after the end of that book, I was like, okay, all the characters kind of just go on. I'll let you finish it so you can make your own judgments. But yeah, I kind of left it like, okay, well, I finished that. I'm like, it was cool. It was another Rick Rick Riordan book. I was happy to finish something of Rick Riordan's again. Mm -hmm. I will say the only connection I really liked to Percy Jackson series because the third book does have a little bit of crossover because I'm not sure. I think you've read in the first book, but... Magnus Chase is the cousin of Annabeth. Right. Who is Percy's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So they do have that they do have a little bit of a crossover connection in, in the third of book.
0: Got to bring together. Percy in for the for the cash.
1: Yeah, so it says like, "Hey, Percy's going to show up for a bit." That's what he did
0: with Trials of Apollo. Uh, Percy shows up for the little bit in the beginning then he kind of leaves.
1: <laughs> yeah, they have in uh Kane Chronicles uh two of the characters from the Heroes of Olympus series show up. Oh, nice. Yeah. I
0: only read, read half of the Red Pyramid and I didn't care for it.
1: Yeah. It's in the second or third book. I know, uh, one of the Kane siblings, uh, meets two of the girls from Aphrodite, from the Aphrodite cabin at her high school because they describe both. They have, they tell them both their names. One of them is Piper, who's one of the main characters in Heroes of Olympus.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: other one's like kind of her rival in the Aphrodite cabin. Oh, so yeah. So they both show up. And then they also have, like, different teases of um the Percy Jackson series. Like, at one point, Carter looks out into the Manhattan skyline, and he's like, I swear I must be hallucinating or something, because I swear I saw a flying horse mm-hmm. over Manhattan. And I was like, ha, ha, ha. Right.
0: Well, they and do anyway. have uh three crossover short stories with yeah. Game Chronicles. With, so one's, like, Carter meets Percy, Sadie meets Annabeth, and then, like, the third one is all, all of them together. Mm-hmm which everyone uh, was like we want read a bigger them thing. i just yeah. don't remember what happens in them
1: oh uh, yeah because they're very short stories and they're kind of like hey this monster showed up we fought it we beat it hey my name's percy my name's carter good on you
0: hey fan fiction
1: yeah but it, literally that's what it was it was just fan fiction <laughs> that that's the perfect way to sum it up i'm pretty sure there's more fan fiction out there than there is of the actual three short stories Oh, there was a lot.
0: Uh, I haven't read any of them. I just kind of glanced at them. I was like, oh, there's a lot. Um, I wish they had proper grammar.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I, I went to one uh, Rick Riordan book signing. I, all I remember from that is a couple of girls standing out there like, you know, After he finished, this is when Heroes of Olympus was releasing House of Hades, so the fourth oh, book. Oh, but you went to a Rick Riordan book signing? Yes. Nice. It was. Yeah, I've, I've been to two of his book signings. When he nice. first started the Heroes of Olympus, and then when he was doing the fourth book of Heroes of Olympus, because he came to St. Louis, but oh
0: yeah, you live in like a major city. <laughs> yeah,
1: so he <laughs> tends to stop by occasionally. <laughs> but yeah, when he came by, like all there was a group of girls. Like it's like I, if he doesn't finish, if he stops writing after this, I, I'm just gonna kidnap him and force me to force him to write more. And I'm like, whoa! I was like, I whoa, thought I was a fan, <laughs> but okay. So I realized there. Are, Actual crazy no, fans there, out there. There are
0: rabid Percy Jackson fans that yeah. will eat up all of his books. I, I'm not one of them. I'm uh, saying. I got yeah. I was like, I read them until it's like, oh, this is starting to get bad, and then I just stop. Yeah. I'll, like his, his, just... his adult novels uh, that he wrote before Percy Jackson, they're mm-hmm. pretty bad.
1: <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I enjoy them, but I'm like, I recognize when something's bad. I'll finish mm-hmm. it, but I recognize if it's bad.
0: Right. It's just like, you know, I have too many books to read to spend it reading a book that's bad. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Uh, Let's talk about Mistborn for a bit. Yes. So Ryan and I accidentally read Mistborn around the same time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's something that happened. But we're going to we're going to say that we committed each other. We're, we, mm. we were committed to each other to finishing yes. it. And uh, it's totally like a book club moment. So, Ryan, I'm going to start with you. What were your thoughts on Mistborn book one by Brandon Sanderson?
1: So I got Mistborn from one of my old teachers and I was like, oh, let me actually read this because I read it a little bit in high school. And then again, I stopped because Heroes of Olympus will backtrack to that. But yeah, so I read Mistborn finally and I enjoyed it very much. The characters are all very interesting. I love a good heist story because that's kind of what it is. It's a war with a heist. Mm-hmm. and it focuses mo- more on the heist than it does on the war which i appreciated mm-hmm. and just reading it like kept me hooked like i kept reading it because usually when i start reading books sometimes it takes me a second to get into it but with this i was pretty much hooked from like about three chapters in i enjoy the characters i enjoyed the power system they have in it uh i guess it's powers magic whatever you want to Kind of call it as kind of a science element, I guess you could say to it, right? it, it It's technically magic because
0: yeah. it's like some people can do it, some people can't. Uh, don't it's worry, it's magic,
1: it. but you also like they're not making up their own elements, which I thought was interesting. Like, I think they only make up is is Adium even a real element, like a real metal? Uh,
0: I don't know, I would
1: have to look yeah. that up. I'm gonna assume it's a real, yeah, because I'm like everything else was real, so I was like, okay.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, basically the way the magic system works is they where these people called mistings or mistborns can burn certain. They they eat metal uh, by like you know they swallow they shave into flakes and like mm-hmm. swallow it, and then it's in in their stomach. They can burn certain types of metal to get certain powers. So one of them would turn them into a magnet. One of them turns them into basically they can push metals instead of pull. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them is being able to see to the future for a few seconds. Uh, getting stronger. All, there's a whole variety yeah. of powers that they can do, and it's limited by how much of a certain metal they have in their reserves. And each
1: metal burns differently, so some of them can last a long time, and others of them just expand really quickly.
0: Exactly. So this is what is called a hard magic system, where there are hard rules to how the magic works uh, and, and its limitations, and it creates magic as a form of tool instead of a form of spectacle. Mm-hmm where the characters have to figure out how to use the magic to help achieve their goal yeah. and how they had to like think outside the box cuz like one
1: of the elements i like is um so with the pulling and pushing abilities uh you can't push or pull like you can't push more than your own weight so like if say you're pushing against a wall you'll fly away from the wall which can help either going a- that can help getting a- away from someone Or it could be your downfall if you say you're pushing against someone who's stronger than you because other people have these powers. Mm -hmm. And it's like the whole like pulling system. Don't pull anything small like that weighs less than you. Otherwise, it's going to come straight at Mm -hmm. you, which can be good if you're trying to like, hey, I'm trying to grab this sword from you. But it can also be bad if, say, you're trying to pull, I don't know, uh, like literally a coin. Like, because it's going
0: to fly at you at like a a velocity of being launched by your own weight. So that's just going to like, you. you know, cut your, go through you. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, but they use coins to like, you know, they, they throw coins in the air to p- and push them as a weapon or also the way, like, like you mentioned, like, so if they push a coin onto the ground and the coin, when the coin hits the ground, it starts pushing the person mm-hmm. up uh, and that's how they travel around. So, which is really cool. Right. going t- into the plot a bit. So it takes place in a high fantasy setting. It kind of makes it. It kind of modernizes the high fantasy genre, which is what the reason why I read mm. it. Because uh, I'm I'm currently writing a novel where I want to modernize high fantasy, to where it's more accessible to modern day readers. Mm. Uh, so it, like everything is in American, plain American English. Uh, no thieves or thous, or anything yeah. like that, unless it's like as a joke. And then, but it has, but also meshes together with another genre. Whereas my my novel where it's like I'm meshing high fantasy with hard boiled detective fiction. Okay. This one, Miss What Mistborn does is like it's Ocean's Eleven but high fantasy yep. setting, <laughs>
1: exactly, I which it. is
0: really cool. Uh, it it doesn't quite mesh the two plot lines as much as I would like. It does like they're, they're a little more isolated than I feel like is he, he could have done. By the two uh, plot but lines, it's still do you mean really good.
1: By the two plot lines, do you mean like Kelsier and uh Venn stories or? So it's it's like so you have
0: like the the whole thing where it's like, oh we gotta take down the emperor, that's one part right. line. And then it's like, oh, we also have this heist thing going oh. on. So it, it's kind of it's they feel kinda separated a little yeah. bit. Uh it's not as intertwined as I would like.
1: At the end they uh, kind of intertwine, but like I get what you mean. Like they don't focus really. Right. It all builds up to a fantastic right. ending. So it all works
0: out. So but it's just kinda like as I was reading, it's like, oh, this feels a little like isolated. Yeah. But yeah, but you know, it, it is Essentially, like you know, a New Hope, but but with a different style. To yeah, it. a New Hope type story. And what
1: I uh, what I was gonna say like with that whole different diverging plot lines. I will say like I did. I was more invested in the heist part of it than I was the mm-hmm. actual like we got to take down the Lord Ruler part, which they didn't really address until they started getting closer to the end. But the end something. Right. But the end picks it back up real fast because they realize. It picks up real fast real yeah, high. Yeah, like it's like, "Oh, we're losing for a second? "Oh, no, 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 no we're we're going, we're going." I'm like, oh, "Oh, oh, we're going."
0: Yeah. Yeah, instead of having, instead of starting the the heist in the middle of the story, it, like it started like towards mm. the end. I'm like, "All right. Mm. It's they're playing a long con." So, like it's still really interesting from the get-go. Mm. So, there so it follows the story of Vin, who is a 16-year-old street urchin who comes across <laughs> this guy, air. Who is a who's who leads a thieving crew, and so, uh, Vin realize learns that she is a mistborn. It can contr- a mist. The difference between a misting and a mistborn is that a misting can only burn one type of metal, a mistborn can burn all kinds of metals, and mistborns are far more rare than mm-hmm. mistings. So Kelsier is basically the only other mistborn that we meet, and so and he leads a thieving crew, and he finds Vin. Discovers she's a Mistborn and she's like, "Hey, like, join my crew. We're gonna take down the Emperor." And then they, 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 she. It's all like, there's like the whole mentor mentee story with between Vin and Kelsier. Really? There's the whole Ocean's Eleven plot line. There's the whole taking down the Emperor plot line. And just like, and then there's a whole like, and there's like, and be and, and intertwined with all of that is a really nice, genuine character yeah. arcs and like like Kelsier was my favorite character. I don't know how you feel. I I right. enjoyed
1: Kelsier. I I leaned more to Vin mm-hmm. only because she did have I did understand a lot where she was coming from and her whole bu- like her building up to trust everyone else. Right. Cuz Kelsier I I well why do you like Kelsier? Like I give I probably understand I probably can guess why.
0: Yeah, I mean like so Vin like most people like lean towards Vin as their favorite character. For me, Kelsier was my favorite character because he was a guy who was so charming and he was a ch- he was he was a charming and dashing rogue uh and he's it was just and he was really funny but also like you know he had the experience, genuine loss and he's trying and he ha- he's trying to make sure that he is his mind isn't muddled by revenge yeah, yeah. and he wants the world to be a better place and he's trying to be like be basically like we are doing this to save the world it is not for selfish motivations da 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 but like you know it, it's but like you know his character arc is fantastic, but it's like once he reaches his arc, he, he, once he reaches the catharsis of his arc, it's, it's so sad what happens. Yeah. Next. Um, I mean, he, like I said, he's the mentor and guess what happens, guys? I'm not going to say it for spoiler reasons, but I'm sure you guys can you pick it up. You did say it was a new hope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's like, but it's just, that's fantastic. But like, you know, the way brandon sanderson writes it and creates the characters and the world and the plot and how they all intertwine and help each other out it is all so fantastically well done and then like when those dramatic moments hit they hit really really mm-hmm. hard and and it's so the ending was so satisfying i don't know how did you feel about feel the ending like right? like
1: i told you the ending it hit me by surprise because i was like oh okay so we're gonna take like a few chapters to kind of process what happened because there's a huge like you know plot like not plot twist but like a shocking moment mm-hmm. and just kind of like okay so they're gonna like reel from this kind of like have to go off and like kind of recuperate but they don't but then the next chapter is like no no we're going into the ending like this is it like we're going to the final battle like whoa okay mm-hmm. and i enjoyed the fact that that plot that plot twist of who the villain really is mm-hmm. and kind of how they beat him was interesting because it's like his whole time you like you see him and you're like wondering is he actually a god and then the reveal of how his power works is like okay that makes sense and it's not like too crazy of a thing because i remember because uh, one of the things I read the like you know how they have a summary at the back of books or whatever, Right. so like the whole thing is like supposed to be like what if the prophesied hero failed to defeat the dark lord, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh well, technically, so so I've been watching
0: a lot of Brandon Sanderson's uh, writing advice and like and lectures on writing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of like how what really started pushing me towards Mistborn because he kept referencing Mistborn in his class. Uh, yeah. so it was like, I guess like I'll read it. And yeah. So if you, if you watch Ra- Brandon Sanderson's class on writing and you're, haven't read Mistborn yet, highly recommend reading Mistborn. It is everything in that class put into practice to show that it
1: works. What of the characters did like the, not the main characters we discussed our difference between Vin and Kelsey, but of more of the secondary characters, did you enjoy,
0: uh, mm-hmm. throughout this book? Uh, I really liked breeze and, uh, Uh, Mm -hmm. elen elen surprised me how much i liked him
1: yeah i i enjoyed him because i was like when you first introduced him you're kind of like really okay this kind of is kind of a jerk Mm -hmm. but as it goes along you start to like uh like like him a little bit more sympathize yeah which i'm like okay so he's like he's supposed to be that whole well not everyone in this world is an evil person which Mm -hmm. i appreciate i think my i think i can agree with some of the like Breeze not I. It wasn't one of my favorite. I preferred ham, which is basically the opposite of breeze. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was like ham. I thought was much more fun, and also like uh, Sazed. I, I can't. I don't uh, know how Sazed. I, Sazed. I don't know how to pronounce some of their names. Yeah, uh, I really like Sazed. Yeah, he was just he's his power is much more interest is also interesting to me mm-hmm. how it works. Yeah, uh, cause
0: it's, whole, it's a completely different magic system, which. We will leave it to you guys to read the books to figure out what that one is.
1: Yeah, we it, to try and explain that as chaos. That is but, another lecture. <laughs> yeah, no, but I enjoyed his character. I enjoyed Ham only because he walks in and it's like, oh, here's this big, strong dude. Like, he's obviously going to be kind of like the muscle, but kind of like, hey, I just hit stuff and go about mm-hmm. my way. But no, he's like, I'm going to be philosophical and like question <laughs> everything about the philosophical world. Philosophical
0: in the funniest way possible.
1: Right. It's like, hey, do you really think this is all right? Are we technically doing the right thing? Technically we're destabilizing the economy by thieving. And they're all like, dude, shut up. Technically
0: we're killing God. Uh, what right. does that make us?
1: <laughs> and, then he, and they're like, uh, we don't want to think about the existential plot here. Just, 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 just do your thing. Mm-hmm. Which, right.
0: Oh I mean, man. I, but, um, oh dude, but like with Elend, like, like I, I really liked him. And then at the end I was really happy. Uh, for him and Vin. Uh, yeah. I'm. Not gonna, I'm I've, I've said too much. That's a spoiler. That is a spoiler. <laughs> but uh, dude, I was so happy at the end.
1: Yeah, I was. I expected so many more. I expected a whole lot of like just heartbreak at the end, which mm-hmm. some characters are like revealed. Hey, it's not as bad as you thought it was, and others is like, yeah, no, it's it's over. Mm-hmm. But I did enjoy kind of the the ending was much more surprising to me how it all turns out because i expected a completely different type of ending mm-hmm. based a on how yeah basically <laughs> and this book like it ends in a way that you don't need to have a series for like if i didn't have the other two books i would not realize that this was a series because it right. kind of just ends at a perfect moment like just a perfect moment it's like everything's left up in the air you can make your own conclusions of how the world goes on from there Mm-hmm. and that's kind of some of the books i kind of like because like i enjoy i enjoy every good series but a book that can just like end and you don't have to go anywhere from that like you can make your own conclusions to how it goes mm-hmm. i enjoy that as well
0: yeah so so brandon when he talked about mistborn in one of his lectures or maybe even the podcast writing excuses um, He talked about, like, when his idea with Missborn was, like, what if we had, like, what, what what epic fantasies usually do in a whole trilogy, but all in one book instead? Mm-hmm. Then, like, what happens after, what's the story after that? So, and that's what creates the rest of, you know, Mistborn's two and three. Uh, Ryan, did you know that there's more to Missborn than just those three books?
1: Yeah, I saw there was, like, six of them now, and I was like, yeah. wait, what? <laughs>
0: Yeah, so the first three takes place in like those that epic fantasy, high fantasy setting, mm-hmm. and then uh, there's a three hundred year gap, and then the next uh, oh. book four takes place uh, in a with th- it's like is about different characters and it, in like a steampunk setting.
1: Okay, I didn't know it was a three hundred year gap. I just knew I was like, I thought they were gonna be like, oh yeah, we're we're dealing with the uh, main characters like children now. I was like, oh no, that's. That's a no, large... they're not. I don't think
0: they're related. Um, I haven't read them. Uh, my sister has read them. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sister read them so fast.
1: Wow. Okay. Uh,
0: yeah, she read the 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 trilogy in a week. Uh, and then Jeez. now she's reading the she read the fourth book recently, and then she's gonna be reading the fifth book soon. They're, they're called Mistborn eras, as mm-hmm. what Brandon Sanderson kind of pens them as. So the the first three is about Vin, uh, and it's you know it's era one. So then, the second one is Wayne and Wax Era Two, and there's two more eras after that. But the second era has another book that still needs to be ri- that needs to be written, which he will be planning to write sometime next year, I think, uh, according to what he said on his website. I don't know. I was like, I act like I'm such a huge Brandon Sanderson fan, super fan, that I know exactly right. where these things are. But I was like, no, I actually just started reading Brandon Sanderson this year, and I'm just absorbing all his the knowledge on his website and uh, his lectures. Because he has a lot of writing advice. Like, he he teaches writing mm-hmm. uh, at a university. And then he also has a writing podcast called Writing Excuses where, that he's been doing for, like, 15 years. So, there's 15 seasons of that to go
1: through. Oh, dang. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah.
0: But his writing advice is great. If you guys are wanting to learn how to write, highly recommend his class.
1: I'd say so. It's, it's on uh, YouTube. It's Does free. a good job.
0: <laughs> so... Mistborn, what would you give it, Ryan, out of
1: five stars? Out of five stars, I'd give it a good four. Yeah, a good four. A good four out of five?
0: I yeah. I'd give it a solid five out of five. Like, five out of five? Yeah, it's not entirely my thing. Um because for the reasons like I said for the mm. reasons I said, um, but it is really well crafted. To, and the ending is so satisfying. Yeah. So it's just like, it's such a really satisfying reading experience. The only uh, reason... So if, whether you're reading it for escapism or learning how to write, like, you really can't go wrong with Mr. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the only reason I, I say 4 out of 5, maybe 4.5, but it's because it has those, it has a few slow bits where I was kind of like, I don't care about this. Send me back to... <laughs> d- like, d- stop bringing... Because it does drag a bit and there are points where it's like they kind of are repetitive to me it seems a little bit
0: i i, I really enjoy slower moments mm-hmm. um especially like because brandon sanderson understands like okay every scene needs to have conflict and right you know the character needs to have a goal so on and so forth so like as long as that stuff happens i'm totally cool with reading slower scenes and i actually really enjoy those
1: okay yeah it was it was only a few of those where i was kind of like Sigh. Can we, okay, let me finish this chapter so I can get to the next thing. Because I did want to <laughs> learn a little bit more about the lore, which they don't explore everything in this book, but, right. you know.
0: I, I'm sure the there's more world building going on in the next yeah. few.
1: But All overall, right. definitely recommend.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so we are running... We only have fifteen minutes left, Ryan.
1: Wow, we are talking a lot. <laughs>
0: right. Maybe we'll save Stormfront for the next episode. How do you feel about that? I'm
1: fine with that. That that can work.
0: Yeah, but for right, for, yeah, Zach might be interested in Stormfront too, so we can talk about it with him as well.
1: Yeah, we spent a lot of time. We spent much more time on the Rick Riordan stuff than we expected to. <laughs> <laughs> Look, man, we just have a lot of feelings about Rick Riordan. It's a good sear. It's a good set of books, but they also have flaws. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about that, especially like, as I'm reading my, the series to my brother, who's Mm. really liking the lightning thieves so far. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Uh, my nine year old brother, he's almost, yeah, he's going to be 10 soon. Okay. But right now, Ryan and I are going to commit to something that we both agreed on, uh, is we're going to pick a book for each other, but after answering a few questions, yes, so the requirements of picking the next book for the other person were that it must be a standalone, or at least operate like a standalone. So, like we said, Mistborn works as a standalone book, even though it's part of a series. That still counts. Mm-hmm. You can pick like any Sherlock Holmes or Hercule Poirot book, and like that counts as a standalone book because none of those series are none of those entries are really connected with each other.
1: Right. They don't I require would argue... you to read the other books. Right.
0: I would argue that a few Dresden Files books like are work fine as a standalone because it kind of mm-hmm. each book kind of reintroduces everything. But that we'll talk more about that in the next episode. So the book must be under 500 pages. Graphic novels are included, but only volume ones or yeah. like miniseries. Or if it's uh, like a special
1: event, I guess.
0: Exactly. Like, as long as you're able, it's able, you're able to like read it as a standalone. It's totally mm-hmm. fine. And obviously the person recommending the book has to have read the book before. Right, so i so I've got a list of questions, uh, that we'll both answer, but I'm gonna start with you, Ryan. So when you read a book, for you know, what book are you kind of
1: searching for next? Like, is are you looking for a first person or a third person narrative? I do like first person only because I feel like it's more personal, I guess. Because mm-hmm. you know, like they it, sometimes the character will talk to you, like they do in Percy Jackson and how they've done Dresden Files. I feel like there's more room for, like, comedy and, like, you know, just, I don't know, personal feeling between you and the character. You can see more into their eyes, whereas in third person, it's kind of like, yeah, they did this, they did this, they did this. And it's more like I'm watching more of a movie than I am, like, watching myself do it.
0: Okay, let me just, you know, cross off every third person uh, (laughs) book that I wrote on my list. uh let's see that's uh that's first person that's first person most of what i wrote was what i wrote down was uh first person i
1: mean i'll take that i'll take a third person if you want to
0: no 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 i got a lot of first person as well all right like i said i have a lot of first person so i only have to cross out a few for third person um there we go and that one cool got it so as for me Mm-hmm. Um, I love first person narrative, okay. uh, for the same reason because that it feels more personal when it's done really well. The character, the narrator feels like a character and you're able to gain their headspace more when it comes to third person. Like I'll still read third person. Like I, I read whatever's put in front of me essentially. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but third person tends to get really dry because a lot of authors don't know how to really personify a character. Right. Uh, so that way it just kind of just it kind of you're just reading about events that happen, which is, you know, sometimes they do it, re, it works really well. Like Brandon Sanderson with Mistborn, that's a really tight third person narration where you're almost it's almost first person. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, it's just in third person, like, you know, like normal epic fantasy. I yeah. My, yeah. So that's the big difference between my novel and Mistborn. Mine's first person. Uh, right. Uh, that, we're we're going to talk. I'll talk about more more about that eventually uh, when it's closer to being done. Right now I'm on the second draft, but yeah. So first person is my way to go. Um, I love how the like you said the the read the narrator interacts with the reader. Uh you, it, you're, it's easier to get absorbed into it, especially if the narrator is kind of funny. Okay. Uh so are you looking for a book that is longer or shorter? Um.
1: Hmm. Does medium work? I don't know. It's like medium? I. There's I like, mean
0: if you don't have a preference, then that's totally I, fine. I really it's don't have a preference pages.
1: I really don't have a preference when it comes to longer or shorter books. and like if as long as long as short is short as long as the story's good
0: right me personally, I prefer longer books because it's just everything gets more fleshed out mm-hmm as like but like as long as something interesting is happening, as long as we've got that narrative drama happening right do you are you expecting something more comedic or more serious in tone?
1: uh i like a little bit comedy to my books only because it keeps the the story fresh and it keeps it a little bit more uh fun like Mm. serious is all good but like there's a point where that just drags you down
0: right so let me cross off the uh the serious stuff
1: oh no how much how much of this book list am i narrowing down
0: uh i mean it's like it's like a game of guess who (laughs) Uh, okay so it's like so like whenever it's like okay so this isn't working so i'm gonna cross this out so I'm going to still I'm, I, by the end I'm going to have at least one book standing. Okay. Uh, for you. Okay, so that looks good. Yeah. Cool cool. Um as for me, I do also look, like to have a nice comedic tone, but like I it's something where it's like it's fine it's I love comedy. Comedy is what I mostly write. Uh however, I need I would love the character arcs to be serious. Uh, where the characters actually learn something, and like you know, like obviously, like it feels like the metaphorical ball drops, uh, mm-hmm. or the beat b- bass drops. What is it? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so comedy, like you know, Percy Jackson narration, or yeah. even like uh, Harry Dresden uh, narration. But it's like the world is serious, but like the character narrator is very funny.
1: Okay.
0: Are there any themes of interest for you? define themes like talking about racism or like like learning like a character learning to be a fo- learning to be more responsible person or like what kind of like the lessons that the characters learn
1: i do like stories where it's the character kind of starts from i guess you could say the bottom now we're here mm-hmm. but uh like you know it's them learning to have to i guess accept themselves and not be you know just normal you know it's right. like so kind you, of like
0: a rags to riches or yeah basically like a metaphorical rags to riches yeah well there goes that spider-man novel
1: Aww. <laughs> i'm sorry Ryan. what do you mean spider-man is poor ish
0: <laughs> yeah but it's not a rags to riches story yeah you're right um, but uh we are nearing uh a book that i talked about re in this episode <laughs> oh dear <laughs> that I book is know. still standing very well <laughs> Is it Alcatraz? Uh, it is Alcatraz, but there's still I a couple other options that we can go. I can still cross off. Okay. Uh, that one's going. That one's going. We're we're pretty close. <laughs> uh, I figured. Right. Uh, as for me, themes of interest. Like I always like it when a character learns just be. My well, my my favorite theme, my favorite character arc is the protagonist realizing they're the bad guy. Hmm. I don't know if you have anything but book, any books to recommend with that, but that's because uh, *Infinity* in *Infinity Train* mm-hmm. season three, they do it really well. Where there's this group of people that are on this train that are basically just uh, being reckless with it, and like uh, they don't see peop- the people who were born on the train as people, mm-hmm. and so they can just like treat them like trash or even murder them.
1: Sounds so, a little bit like *Snowpiercer* in a way.
0: Yeah, it's uh, well, it's no, yeah, there's a there's a huge difference between Infinity I mean, Train and Snowpiercer, but yeah, but highly recommend Infinity Train if you haven't seen it. OK, but yeah, but it's basically that that season is about terrorists realizing they are the bad guys. OK, yeah. And it's such a fantastic arc in that season. And uh it's and I really like I don't try to think if I read it in the book at all. I want to say I have. No, I don't think I have. I don't think I've read it in the book at all. I I def it's definitely like I've seen it floating around, uh like uh well I mean Dresden kind of does it sometimes where he's kind of a he's kind of a jerk but mm-hmm. in some in er, the earlier books when he realizes like uh maybe I shouldn't be a jerk anymore, right? Um, that's what I was hoping from Magnus Chase but well, well yeah whatever.
1: you don't <laughs> you uh, don't get that
0: but I know I that's like one of the reasons why I'm interested in playing Persona Five because I hear that's the arc of Persona Five. But also, yeah. here it doesn't do it very well. Except for like in Royals, it does. If you so.
1: if you want to like a vil- like realizing they're a villain, I'll say it does a yeah it does do it better in Royals. Mm-hmm. I'll give it that. Um, but and, like you realize you're the villain, but you also kind of realize eh, you have heroic tendencies. But yeah, you're right. definitely not technically the hero.
0: Oh, I did. I did kind of read it in the book. Um, High Fidelity. It's where like this guy who's a jerk realizes, like, oh wait, I'm the problem. Mm-hmm. Basically, just kind of like him overcoming, learning to recognize toxic masculinity, and overcoming that in a in a sense. Right. But yeah, but but like I find it's like you know it's one of those things where like you learn the best. I feel like you can learn the best lessons from the worst characters. So you just kind of like you learn what it means to be human by a guy realizing, oh wait, I. I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> right. But maybe I shouldn't be wrong anymore.
0: So what is your favorite genre? Uh
1: I do like fantasy and sci fantasy and sci-fi. Um mm-hmm. those are the ones I typically get, and I also like a good mystery novel as well.
0: Okay. Oh man, dude, my novel might be perfect for you. <laughs> <laughs> uh but so if you had to choose between fantasy or sci-fi, which of the
1: two? <sighs> I would probably go fantasy only cuz gotcha. I do like a little bit more magic in my series than I do sci-fi.
0: Okay, we're going to cross this off and <laughs> Oh man. I okay, so I I wait, no, who wait, wait. Nope, that's getting crossed off too. Ryan, I only have one book standing.
1: Oh no, what is it?
0: It's Alcatraz versus the Evil Librarians. I 30%. figured. It
1: was.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's you said it's been a while since you read it. Yeah, it works as a standalone. Might as well finish it. You might as well finish it. Uh, (laughs) so do you want me to keep uh
1: uh answering questions? I mean, we might as well if we want to fill up time. I mean, as I told you before we started the show, I can't find my list at the moment, so I can't Uh, give you my my uh cross out at the moment. But okay, I give it to you later. Do and you, do you just want to, like, episode. pull
0: a pull a book out of thin air and recommend it to me and we'll see how that goes? I mean,
1: I can, yeah. It all might right. not fit, fit all your criteria,
0: but... Right. I mean, it doesn't have to, but, like, somewhere around there, but... Yeah. Leidami, what is it?
1: Uh, the closest thing I've come to is either Ender's Game. I think you've read that. I've read Ender's Game, yeah. Okay, so I will drop that then.
0: Well, that is another one where it's, like, the characters realize they're the bad guys.
1: Yeah. Uh, another one where they realize they're bad because some of them I I've, haven't read many where they realize a bad guy. Otherwise, yeah. I would be reading those more. I was just talking about Ender's Game recently with a
0: friend. It was like, yeah, it's not it's not so much as the characters realizing they're the bad guys, but it's sort of like they're put in through simulations to train for war. Mm-hmm. But then like it's revealed like actually that was were all real you were geno- and you were a and you are you just committed genocide. Yeah, wow,
1: congratulations. That it really messed me up when I first read that <laughs> as a kid. I was like, oh. This is awful. Yeah, right? uh,
0: I I still need to read more. I need to read the second book, Speaker of the Dead, because I hear that one's even better mm-hmm. than Ender's Game. I haven't read uh, to it. Too bad Orson Scott Card is a terrible person. Yeah. Uh,
1: so make, if his books are good, buy them used. Yes. Do not give him more money.
0: <laughs> right. Uh, uh, so,
1: what else you got for me? Another one I have was Dorothy Must Die.
0: Okay, I haven't read that one. Um, I've heard good things about it.
1: Yeah. And it also, which kind of goes into that Dorothy Must Die theme, is also Wicked. It's not the musical. Yeah, uh, the,
0: the novel that it's based on.
1: Yeah. I think that might be more than 500 pages, though.
0: Uh, you know what? Let me look that up real quick on Goodreads. Let's say there's like one edition that's like 500, less than 500 pages, but the rest are like 700. Like, eh, right, yeah. you found a loophole. All right, goodreads.com. You can follow me on Goodreads. I write reviews there pretty often. Yeah, they are
1: um, good reviews.
0: I try to I try to re finish a book every 10 days. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't always meet that deadline, but it's kind Same. of out to that. Uh, wicked. I know I can probably get that for like free too. Yeah. Uh, Through the library. System. I have that uh, sitting By in... Gregory Maguire?
1: Yep. I have it sitting in my room.
0: <laughs> it is 406 pages for hey. the default edition. So, uh, any others you want to recommend? Uh, uh, so we can just kind of f- toss a coin.
1: This one won't fit your semi your criteria, but I'm just only recommending it because it's my favorite book from when I was younger. Uh, Mysterious Benedict Society.
0: Okay, actually my brother has a copy of that.
1: Yeah, that, uh, that book series was what I grew up with. Uh, just to give you a slight, slight synopsis of it. The only reason I, it's special to me is because most of the characters have... Not disabilities, but like you know, I guess like social disabilities, mm-hmm. and and so that resonated a lot with me, who has his own growing up. So I was like, eh, I like this. So I only recommend right. that. Recommend that it has comedic in nature. It is longer, uh, but it does not have a pro. It does not protagonist have protagonist realizing they're a bad guy, or first person. Mm-hmm. Okay. But.
0: Well, well, so, so we got three books. Uh I just pulled up a random number generator. Okay. Uh do we want to do you, are you cool if I do it this way?
1: Yeah, that's fine. It's All like right. so we, our three books are what? Wicked, uh, three, uh,
0: Dorothy Must Die, Wicked and Mysterious Benedict Society in All that right. order. So, number, number between 1 and 3, give me number 3. Mysterious Benedict Society it is.
1: All right. And I'll be reading the one
0: that the one that you said that's like most outside the criteria. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, no, I'll read it. Uh, my brother, like I said, my brother has a copy, uh, yeah. so
1: I can just pick it up as soon as I finish Magnus Chase. And I will, I will grab my copy of Alcatraz that is hidden deep, deep within my bookshelf. Is that I, the Scho-
0: Is is that the one that was published by Scholastic? I believe so. With the old cover.
1: Yeah, the one with like the di- dinosaur on the front. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so okay, should I so not you read that reef? one?
0: No, you can. Uh. I don't think there's anything different with the new edition. So, but a brief history on that though. So it was originally published by Scholastic uh, Mm -hmm. one book at a time uh, for a planned five book series. However, Scholastic stopped publishing it after the fourth book. Uh. Yeah. So, so there was still one more book planned uh, that Brandon had, but he couldn't publish. So he had to wait like four years before he can finally buy the rights from Scholastic and then Mm. sell them back to Tor and then Tor came out with the new hardcover illustrated editions mm-hmm. for for the series. Uh, and then I think it's book four that actually has like a joke in it that's not in the original printing mm-hmm. uh, with Scholastic because uh, it makes because it talks about because it basically pokes fun at the at the Scholastic cover of book two. Sure. But I think book one there's no real changes in it. Uh, but if you have if you find yourself with extra cash. I uh, highly recommend the hardcover editions. Uh, they got cool illustrations, and Book 5 is really good uh, and is only available in that edition. Uh, but Book 5 gets really dark. I'm just going to okay. say that right now. People complain how dark it gets. So my theory is that Scholastic didn't want to publish Book 5 because of how dark it got for a middle-grade series.
1: Okay, yeah, because I'm looking at the new cover now, and I'm like, this is in- this is much more... I don't know fantasy like than what I rem- like, remember. remember being. It fits the tone much better. Yeah, the, it definitely sorry. does. Then, because I'm looking at the old cover and I'm like, yeah, I can see why I was like, I get, I stopped for a second.
0: <laughs> well, it's like I was thinking like may. I was thinking about it earlier today actually. Like, what if Scholastic just thought like Alcatraz was going to be the next like Captain Underpants or something because it was funny, and then later on they realized oh he wants to tell a serious story right uh we can't publish that
1: <laughs> that's just uh, <that's> sad
0: <laughs> yeah but hey he got it he got it back now we have the basically direct the director's cuts right of them with illustrations
1: uh how much time do we have love we have negative five minutes <laughs> oh never mind then I, will, I won't bring this up then <laughs> do you i mean do you want to have any final words ryan uh i'm going to look forward to reading alcatraz finally from the first first time since i was a young boy Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's good i, I it from fun. what you've said from this entire like discussion i am excited to read it brandon sanderson has already got me once so i might as well get he might as well get me twice
0: <laughs> yep my final word is uh rutabaga uh have fun with that <laughs> reference, Brandon Sanderson fans.
1: <laughs>
0: so you can follow us on Twitter at committed crit uh committed crits, c O M M I T T E D C R I T S. You can uh support us on Patreon at the link below. You can follow us on YouTube as well at youtube.com slash KFM studios. So we'll be uploading the podcast there in video form as well, without our faces, unfortunately. Maybe once the pandemic is over and maybe we live together. That'll God be the day. Willing. <laughs> See ya in two weeks. Adios.